Shoot him, Rose. It's God's will. Welcome to Full Metal Analyst, the podcast covering every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. My name is Michelle. With me today, we have, of course, our regular co-hosts, Arthur. How are you, Arthur? I'm doing great. And Mike. Also good. But today we have our first guest and fellow writer, Karna. How are you, Karna? I am good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Karna is going to speak like that for the whole episode. (laughs) Well, it just feels, it feels so formal to be like, how, uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because you already told us how you were earlier. Yeah, too. no, no, but that's <laughs> off, Mike, you know. That's, that doesn't count. How um, are you? Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're trucking along. We're making it happen. <laughs> Before I get started, Karna, can you tell us a little bit about your history at the show? Uh, when did you first watch Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, I mean, is this your first time or is it not your first time? No, you know, I'm a big fan of Full Metal Alchemist. I think um, I came to it kind of late, I think. Like, everyone had seen it before. You know, all my, I'm, you know, I'm a big anime fan, and all my friends were big into anime and manga and all that stuff. So, um, but I think Full Metal, I kind of, like, missed the train until, like, late high school. So it must have been, like, 2011 or something the first time I saw it. Um, and I just like, yeah, me and my roommates at the time, it was, I think it was senior year of high school or, or freshman year of college. We just binged the whole series and we went straight to Brotherhood. I never saw the OG Full Metal because um, everyone was like, why would you watch that? Just watch Brotherhood, um, which I hear, I know is like maybe a contentious statement. I don't know. But anyway. No, it's uh, not. It's well, not. You can say that. <laughs> you, can, you can absolutely say that. It's not a contentious statement. So yeah, um, but I, yeah, immediately fell in love with it. Um, I think it's like, out of that era of like shonen anime, I think like it's something that does something like really different in terms of like it's not just a fighting anime. It has a really cool serialized plot, and it kind of gets right down to business, which I really think is is something that a lot of anime doesn't do. Um, so I think it's a, yeah, I've, I've always liked those aspects of it. By the way, um, for those who don't know, shonen, which is the term that Karna referred to, is a uh, is a type of manga, a type of story that's usually aimed at a young uh, male demographic, like teenagers. And so most of the time it's associated with like uh, fighting, power, that kind of super action oriented uh, storytelling. So one of the best examples would be Naruto is a great example of shonen manga, uh, Bleach, even Dragon Ball to a certain point could be considered shonen manga. Yeah, I mean, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z is like the epitome, I feel like, of, of show, like fighting anime. Fumar Alchemist is an interesting entry into the genre because it's made by a woman. So yeah, for sure, and it that, feels I like I definitely feel that like a lot of I don't know, just in terms of like the focus of things. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's it's like a pretty character focused anime. Yeah. So today we watched the episode "City of Heresy," which is the third episode in the show, and I think well because we've been talking about this recurring subject in the show, which is the pilot episode, the first episode was a really weird and really strange episode that kind of tried to set up a bunch of things at the same time, but also didn't really do a good job at it. The second episode was a flashback episode. And then we get to the third episode, which I don't think it's a bad episode, but it still feels like the show is setting things up to a certain right. degree. There like, are kind of like three yeah. first episodes of the show. Yeah, for sure. It feels yeah. like, I, I don't know where we are in the timeline of their of their existence, you know? Like, yeah, I think I, that is something. I, I, I was lost. I was a little lost. So, so, Mike, this episode three is like the first episode in kind of the continuous timeline of this show that we're going to follow to the end. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm this is that. 
This is basically the first chapter of the manga. Episode two was a flashback. Episode one, I guess, was a flash forward. Uh, Isn't isn't this after episode one? So, like, in the continuity of the anime, it's episode one, and then they go to Rio, which is where episode three takes place, and episode two is a flashback they're having on the train. Right. Oh, right, right. They're on the train in episode two, and then it's like, remember when we had this traumatic past? Got it, yeah. Time to think about our origin story. I was just gonna say, I, I do like the flashback episode a lot because I think it does. I mean, it, that's like one of my favorite aspects of the show is like how crazy their backstory is and how like traumatic it really Like, if you think about what's going on and even like the visuals and everything, it's like super dark. And right. these kids are like 10 years old and like they're getting like completely fucked up. That's great. No, I think that's awesome. I love that that episode. I thought that episode was the best. <laughs> yeah. The best one so far. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It's kind of unnecessary at this point, but this episode was a not bad further introduction to all our main characters. Like, like they encounter someone who is desperate to bring someone they love back to life, which is kind of a good foil for them. Yeah. And they're kind of able to explain their story to her, even though we just saw it. If the other episodes didn't exist, this wouldn't be a bad first one. Well, Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. The two has in free anime. This is the first episode. They just put it as the first one. And then on the second one, they have the flashback. Right. We've litigated over this several times. And I really wish somebody would, like, explain why. (laughs) Why they organized it this way, you know? Just, like, tell us why. I mean, I'm sure it's just a producer's note of, like, first episode, we need action. Like, we need a fight. Like, you know, we don't want to be bored in, like, Lior. I feel like that's what they're trying to do with the first episode, where it's just, like... Here's like this ice guy. He's gonna fight him, and like we're trying to try to do some expedition like on the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. they're like, "Okay, let's now like slow it down." You know, um, now that we hooked him in. Yeah, there are two things this episode introduces, which are things the previous episodes didn't talk about, and which are very essential. And one of them is the philosopher's stone, which is pretty much the MacGuffin they're going to be chasing the entire uh, story. Yeah. For those who don't know, MacGuffin is this term that's used to describe an object that or a device that a story uh, is going after. So the best example for this would be the Holy Grail in Indiana Jones 3. The second thing that the show in this episode introduces that is essential to the show is the aspect of religion, which mm. I'm not sure if I'm misremembering things, but I remember religion, or at least in Ed's case, his aggressive atheism. Yeah. <laughs> his like... Aggressively on your face, in this in this episode, like he's like our atheist being like, actually, God is dead, and you are like he's like an edge lord. Why would you believe in God? (laughs) He's so stupid. It's like I met God, and he's dumb. Yeah, yeah, but that's my question: is how can he possibly be an atheist in the face of what he of what he has experienced? God, like you. I think he sees as like God to him is part of like the alchemical right yeah science no yeah. alchemy explains everything like this form of God that that the Lior people are worshiping is like not the yeah. like, the reality like the truth you know that he's seen right uh, that's oh, very but, interesting but let's oh let's talk philosopher stone okay uh, yes like you had some questions I have a very big question if that is a fake philosopher stone then how is it able to produce real results? So what I had this, I had this thought about, I had a similar thought, but I've seen the show and Hmm. 
the cool thing about it is that it that is all explained. That is explained. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We cannot. Talk, we I have talk about destroyed it. this show with my <laughs> penetrable logic. <laughs> Like I've forgotten a lot, and I don't. When I watched that this episode again, I was like, "Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember like why." Because I think I feel like that is a big question you have after watching this episode. Is like, what's right? Like, how did? But it, it is like a question they want you to have, I think. Yeah. And like yeah. the cool thing is that you discover later, it's not that things are breaking the rules; it's that we don't know what the rules are yet. Right. Oh, that's cool. That's so we'll cool. we'll see. So on the topic of Philosopher's Stones, it's one of my favorite MacGuffins. By its mere existence, breaks the rules in such a level that even right now, in its little diminute state, you start coming up with all these questions like, wait, if there's something that can break the rules, what can you do when you start breaking the rules? Mm-hmm. Like, Cornello is an interesting villain up until a certain point, <laughs> because there's a point where he just turns into like a, like an 80s bad guy going, I have a, I have a giant gun! I'm going <laughs> to shoot the shit out of you! Like, there's a certain point where he's like, he's an example of basically what the Eric brothers want to do, which is they want to break the rules. I, I like Father Cornello. I want I want him to have a spinoff. Father, Father Cornello's, Father like, Cornello. magical adventures. <laughs> well, I like that he's not really that sinister. He's like, like, just as he's sort of playing at being a priest, he's also kind of playing at being evil, too. He's, like, so easily defeated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like he—they he, <laughs> trick him into making, <laughs> into admitting what's going on. And no, it's that like, that trope it annoys me so much. It's, oh, guess what? It was guess what was in my pocket the whole time? It was Alchemist's cell phone recording you. Right. Do you guys remember when Coco ended that way? Yeah. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many Pixar movies that end that way. I mean, it's, just, it's a very common trope. Yeah. But, and we know it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work because we got Trump saying all sorts of shit. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and, and right. it, it doesn't work. Trump. <laughs> you know? well, but but it also yeah. comes back to like it's such a it's such a weird thing. It's like if the recording came out that like Fardo Cornello is just saying, Oh, all these people are dumb, I'm gonna turn them into my own private army. Like you you're telling me there wouldn't be people going, Yeah, hell yeah. I love <laughs> Fardo Cornello. He's the it's a great idea. <laughs> I want to be in his private army. I, I, I feel like that the episode is like, it, it explores that to a certain extent. And then it kind of like, is like, no, no, but everyone really isn't like, cause I think the cool thing about this episode is like when it's like when Cornello is like telling Rose to, to shoot um, Al and it's like, yeah. And she basically does shoot him. Like it's, it's only because Al is, you know, not no non-bodied that he's able to survive. But yeah, like, the Cornello's control over these people is like so strong until it's not, you know, until everyone like it's like, no, then he's destroyed by the, the yeah. slot speaker. Well, I wonder if like, you know, alchemy is like this more fun stand in for science, you know, basically mm-hmm. it's like we, p- people are pursuing alchemy, not because they want to follow the rules, right? Like the entire, right. the entire thing that you get to do when you're a state alchemist is whatever the fuck you want. And, mm-hmm. you know, and not only that, but like, it lets you bend the rules. Like, you know the rules so well. It's like you're a, lo- a lawyer of the universal laws of physics, you know? Makes, and then, you can make uh, swords out of your blood. Like, that's right. the thing. Oh, gross. Yeah, you can do that. Well, it's, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's like what, um, I mean, what Ed is, like, driven to do in the, in you know, in when he's a kid is, like, it's like, oh, it's like telling someone, like, these are the ultimate taboos. You must never do this. And then obviously, if you're curious, you're going to try and figure out a way to do it, you know? So, like, the best alchemists, they're, 
trying i mean that's and that's ultimately what the show does explore is like the morality of like like the morality of rules but yeah like the morality of the rules and like what the costs are to like breaking those rules versus like the rewards of of doing that you know um yeah i feel like the next episode gets into detail on that really well yeah. next because... episode is a, is a yeah yeah, uh, don't say anything because we got Mike here who's never seen no, it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the next episode really gets into... as far more or less. I've only gotten one or two episodes in on the other one, so mm. I, I'm in uncharted territory now. I, I kind of recognize some of the things in this, and I think maybe that's because it's from the other version, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so I have no idea what's coming next. That's good. To oh know. man. No, <laughs> but, but basically, to, to jump you're, on top, you're of, gonna like it. Uh, Rose, who is named after, who in, in Japanese her name is written Rose. Right. So Rose, in the 2003 anime, I'm trying to like limit my explanations regarding the 2003 anime because there's going to be interesting points where we can bring that up mm-hmm. further on in the show. But in the 2003 anime, she becomes a much bigger character. Like she is in it until literally the last episode. She's like an essential part of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas really? here. She's just a side character. But also, here's the thing. In the 2003 anime, she's black. Interesting. So I'm like, why the fuck is she not black in this one? Well, what is <laughs> she in, Yeah, I don't know. In the manga, what is she, I wonder? The manga, she's black and white. What? I mean, okay, well. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. Okay, all right. <laughs> so you, need a, you need a stinger to play right there. What's the, where's, the, where's the drum? But, um, <laughs> the, the snare roll, yeah. Don't, don't worry. Michelle will add it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done but yeah yeah she's for some reason they made her white in this one and i'm like why i don't know why i will find out why eventually i think the reason why i paid attention to that is because i watched this episode dubbed Uh, and i didn't have to read the subtitle so i noticed things like that uh but i do have to say in regards to dubbed i freaking hate ed's voice in english i've never seen the dub i've only seen i hate i'm sorry arthur i know you like the dub and yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm a stand for dubs too normally, but uh, yeah, I've never. Seen I, I'm a I'm a dub stand. I I love dubbing. Dubbing to dub me is, 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 a, a good, is an art. Is a good, yeah, I think it's a good dub can be can be better than a, a mediocre sub. It's yeah, a good dub. I mean, you know, hating the voice actor who does Ed is, I think, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah, uh, I mean, that's a whole different thing. But like, I don't <laughs> like his voice, honestly. Who does Ed? The guy oh, who did the voice harassment allegations. Uh-oh. Yes. So yeah. bad, bad guy, sex pest. Yeah. We're not going to spend more time talking about him because, like, why the fuck would we do that? He looks like a shitty Gordon Ramsay. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> he does, though. He actually he does. does. He so good. our first new segment we're very proud of Mir is called Mikey at the Bat. So we're going to give Mike a very special task. I wasn't involved in the naming of So knowing what happened in this episode, along with the title and Alchemist's Anguish, what do you think happens in the next episode? Mike. I think okay, and it's called an alchemist's anguish. Yes. Okay, this is my best guess. They talk about a rebound effect, mm-hmm. and, it, and it seemed like his arm got like that's what happened to them to to begin with, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, like that's the reason he lost his arm, and you know, or leg initially, right leg. Oh yeah. And when then his arm, and his, his arm brother got all turned into a gun. And yeah, that too. Yeah, like that's like a rebound, like that that occurred. And I wonder if uh, an alchemist's anguish will involve dealing with someone who has rebounded in a similar way that they have. You know, that's a good guess. That, that's my that's my best guess. 
What do you think? I, I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, or here. Okay, no, I got it wrong. I think I got it wrong. I mean, it's valid. It's a solid. So here's my here's my even more thought out guess. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna respond in any way. On uh, uh, the anguish has to do with an alchemist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Watching it out. So alchemists like to alchemicalize <laughs> things. Uh huh. So let's say an alchemist was like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, you know? And everyone's like, no, you can't. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do it. And they're like, no, you don't do it. And then he's going to do it. And he's okay. going to mess up, and then the rebound thing's going to happen. I'm still right. Okay. <laughs> That's my best guess. That's a guess. That was Mikey at the bat. What do I think? What do I get? <laughs> uh, n- nothing. <laughs> you, get, you get to be here next episode. No, no I mean, if I'm right, if I'm right, if I'm right. Oh, uh, uh, you oh, get to come uh, back next episode. All right, mad respect, <laughs> yeah. mad respect. I will, Mike. If you're right, I will give you a high five in two years. Nice. <laughs> but it's Can't okay. What's all right. Pun- what's the punishment for being wrong, though? I will give you a light slap across the face in two years. <laughs> two years from now, <laughs> very light slap. He'll be wearing a glove. Who wants yeah, to live? But it'll like add up. This. How many episodes are we doing? Yeah, <laughs> we're doing at least sixty-four. Two years, it's gonna be. Oh my god, it's, it's at least sixty-four. A lot of slaps. <laughs> we'll keep track of it. <laughs> Before we move on to our grades for this episode, uh, lust mm-hmm. on the phone report. Lust is not on the phone in this episode. Nope. 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 She's not on the phone. Uh, Karna, this is because in the first episode. Oh, she gave him the finger. She gave him the finger, right? Oh, oh, she gave him the finger because her (laughs) finger is like a sword. That's so scary. Lust, like sword fingers. Like, there's no defense to that. That's very scary. The the, all the all the the baddies are are very spooky and they're so cool. Very cool. I mean, gluttony is. We just got like a little bit of a of a taste a of taste, gluttony. I, yeah, I <laughs> the grave might think alike, but yeah, we just kind of got a taste of him, and I gotta say, it's like, whew. you know, he always reminded me of like an Adams family character. I don't know if that is a weird. You mean Uncle Fester? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. You know that guy. Oh my god, I could actually. He looks see like that. the he looks like the hamburglar <laughs> to me. Yeah, no, I, 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 I see that too. I see the hamburglar when I see. Well, it. there's just there's just something inherently inherently weird about fault. <laughs> I really feel bad saying this about fat bald people that are like short and deformed. <laughs> Danny it's just really weird about that. Well, it's like it's Danny DeVito when you look at him and it's like, whoa, what's this guy gonna do? And then he's just weird, you know. <laughs> what's he gonna do? He's, what's, what's he gonna, gonna do? Danny DeVito. What's he gonna do next? <laughs> Oh, he's gonna move me emotionally. Hey, I mean, when when, when they when they do the live action remake of uh, Fumel Alchemist, they should get Danny DeVito for Gluttony. Oh, wow. I'm, the, I'm like the Gluttony. Didn't they I do a, a live action? I feel like am I crazy or have I seen? No, they, like, well, they, they did, did a Japanese, did. yeah, movie, live action movie. Yeah, I feel like I saw a trailer. A trailer was it bad though? Huh? It wasn't. I mean, well, otherwise, um, I feel like. Here's what I will say. Me and a couple of friends, we decided to watch it, and 25 minutes in, we stopped. I don't know. It's like a Japanese anime adaptation. Like, that's kind of a genre of, like, Japanese movie that's, like, it's, you know, not not the highest budget <laughs> effects and, and all that stuff. So it's, I get like, it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool to shit on it because, come on. That's not I'm, I'm not going to shit on it. I, I just said I do like it. But is it good? It's, it's fine you know it's it's, it's doing fine. what it's doing it's doing its job well it's always weird too like because sometimes they'll get really 
like you know like takashi Miike did like the jojo live action movie Why but then he also did like you know i don't know he's like an amazing director it's like it's like weird when he like they get these like big directors to like step out and do like live action adaptations of like a it's really it's really like a studio like big i don't know weird move it's just like weird all right so now it's time for us to grade the episode giving it a grade out of five stars I'm going to get started. I will give it a solid three out of five stars. I thought it was a very entertaining episode, but at some points it sagged for me because of that. Still reintroducing things. We don't need another character being like, oh, look, they did the human transmutation. I knew it. <laughs> they are sinners. I yeah, like three and a half, probably. It had good moments. Yeah. I'm also going to go three stars. You know, I feel like that's pretty solid. Like, Three stars is good TV, you know? I will also do three and a half. I will agree with Arthur. I think I like, like I said, yeah, I think this episode has some boring parts, but I, I think it's exploring some interesting themes. And I like Father Cornello. I think he's weird. And to Michelle's point of like another person being like, oh, they've committed the sin. I, I do get that it's like, you know, we get it. But I, I also kind of like that everyone knows, like, it's, like, immediately obvious to everyone that, like, these guys have, like, broken the taboo. I think that's, like, a cool kind of, like, world mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Yeah, I like, agree. Oh, we, nah, you we, fucked you know, up. The you markers of their sin are, like, so... And, and, I, I, going, and I think that also just has to do with, like, how honestly terrible they're, like, like yeah, how traumatic they're... It's, like, everyone immediately is, like, holy shit, you guys are, like, fucked up. Like, you've seen some real right. shit, you know? Um, so that's, I think that's kind of cool. I think yeah. my additional half star can be attributed to just that one moment where Father Cornello goes, shoot the full metal alchemist and <laughs> the gun at Al. I love how, how it's like, oh, hey, you want to talk to the priest? And he's like, okay, follow me into this dark dungeon. <laughs> the priest will see you there. It's like, <laughs> why? And there's offices, like there's normal offices above, but they <laughs> took him to the dark dungeon, and nobody was like, um, "Why are you doing this?" I didn't. I didn't question it. <laughs> Mike would be easily fooled by Father Cornelius over here. Nice dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you've dungeoned with the place. Oh. Mikey, get the bat. Cut that out. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) It's in. It's in. So we are also going to premiere our second new segment, which is... The segment's called, What Did We Learn? (laughs) And uh, we have a little bit of a backlog to go through. Episode (laughs) one, Don't Be Stabbed with Blood. Yes. Mm, Uh, Good lesson. Episode two, Don't Resurrect Your Mom. Of course. Good. Okay. Uh, Number three... Don't turn your arm into a gun and then have someone interfere so that it backfires and your arm becomes half gun, half arm uh, forever, I guess. <laughs> Good lesson. Yeah. Until really? you're eaten by a monster. Here's a uh, question. Where does he put the bullets in, in his half arm, half gun? Does he swallow a, the bullets? No, it's like part of his being, you know? God, yeah. that's so obvious, Michelle. No, it's like... It's, wait, uh, wait, hold like on a Raimi, second. It's the Raimi Spider-Man. It's, you know, where he gets his weapon from. It's... it's Hold on a second. Hold on a second. He swallows bullets, shoots them, and guess where the sh- the shells come out of? <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Stay frosty. Remember to follow us. No, no, no. Of- <laughs> come on. Come on. <laughs> That's not how you're in. Okay. <laughs> his, but his shells come out of his fingers, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's how it happens. No, his pee hole, I thought. No. Oh, oh. it's the pee hole. <laughs> 
All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to stay in contact with us, make sure to uh, follow us and talk to us over on Twitter. We are FM Analysts. So that's FM Analysts. Follow us on Twitter. Talk to us. Uh, make sure to stay tuned for the next episode next week where we talk about an alchemist's anguish. We'll see if Mike was right. So until next time, stay frosty and see you then. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Peehole. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Good one. Good one. I want to see Father Cornello host SNL. Yeah, he should. Musical guest. Musical guest, your Cade Fire. And your host, Father, Father Cornello. Join my <laughs> army of God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs>